0: Jim Harbaugh, where would you coach and giant piles of dog shit. all that and more next on dot in the eye with Davis and Chad. I apologize for absolutely nothing. Like people do not understand how much this rivalry means. I'm talking complete devastation in Ann Arbor. <laughs> and the Buckeyes are in the CFP. I can't <laughs> say Honkman's hostage on the air. What's up, Buckeye Nation? And welcome
1: back to <laughs> Dotting the I with Davis and check. I'm usually the positive person, but that was hot garbage. Oh my God! I'm probably gonna lose my
0: freaking job.
1: Dude, are you serious? That's literally the dumbest thing I've ever heard you say.
0: I'm sorry, dude. This is not Michigan State. This is Ohio State. We either win or die trying. Go Bucks. Oh. H. What's up, Buckeye Nation, and welcome to another episode of Dotting the Eye with Davis and Chad. Um, Super excited to be back with you guys. Um, We're really excited about this new format we got. We're doing a lot shorter episodes, but more episodes, so we're throwing more content at you in ways that you can listen to it. So you can listen to it on the way to work. You can listen to it while you're mowing the grass, and it doesn't take all day. And we still give you all the information uh, that you need for this year's uh, Buckeye football season. Uh, We're pretty excited about it moving forward. And, dude, I'm just happy to be back on the podcast, man. How about you? Yeah, unless you're
1: cutting Chad's grass,
0: apparently, which
1: takes him an hour and a half, which I guess you're going to go back and listen to some older episodes that lasted longer. Or
0: listen to two or three episodes. I don't know. Listen, my wife's not here, so I can tell you the truth. She gets really pissed off when I miss piles of dog shit, and I guarantee you today I ran over way more than I picked up. God, that, that's <laughs> it. That's the only way to do it, man. I just run over
1: it with the mower. I can't tell you the last time I went out with the pooper scooper.
0: Jeez, it's a landfill out there. Crazy uh, thing is we
1: got like three or four dogs on my road. See, I man, I'm, I'm down here in Kentucky. So, I mean, no one has their dog on a leash. They all just roam the neighborhood.
0: And I swear to God, it's like my yard is the community sh**hole. Okay, <laughs> like, so you so you have uh, several different piles of specimen in your yard from different. Well, dogs. I know
1: I've I've had my dog. Everyone that has their own dog for a while knows what their dog should be doing. And when I see one come over and I said, that's almost human size. Then I know it's not my dog. <laughs> that's that's the big dog down the road that came and laid that pipe and hot loaf in my lawn. Nice. So, anywho.
0: Listen, dude, I'm excited to talk to you about a certain topic today. So, I'm going to get right into it, man. Have you been reading the rumors about Big Ten Expansion?
1: Yes and no. I mean, yes, I've seen them, but I feel like some of it is clickbait. Um, some of it I think is factual or based more on fact, but I'll let you kind of explain it first. Cause I feel like you're going to go twofold with this.
0: Well, I'm just, I'm just thinking, you know, what I heard was that this week, um, and it's been only reported by a couple of sites. So I didn't invest too much in it until other, other reputable places started to comment on it. They kind of piggybacked off the original article. Um, but basically the big 10, they're saying the big 10 this week is going to announce the addition of Washington, Oregon, Florida state and Clemson into the big 10. Okay. Now, before we talk about whether or not you feel like it's BS, how do you feel about that? How does that grab you? Say hundred percent truth today that, that, that is happening. How does that grab you? I would like it. I would personally like it. Like, especially
1: knowing that the playoff format is going to be changing. And especially if the pac 12 ends up dying out, I mean, they're going to have to relook at the automatic bids and how that works. But when you can get 12 teams in, then I welcome these better matchups on a more regular basis. I mean, I would much rather watch Ohio State play Florida State or Clemson or Oregon or Washington than Rutgers, Indiana, Illinois, you know, fill in the blank from the West. You know what I mean? So I I would absolutely welcome it. Now, I feel like only half of that speculation is realistic. Which half? Oregon, Washington. Why do you say that? Well, Oregon, Washington, first of all, um, I feel like they're both uh, – there's another big thing with the Big Ten that your university has to be – is it AAU? Am I saying that right? Accredited uh, as an academic institution. There's some sort of accreditation that it has to be labeled, and you have to apply yeah. for it. And both of those schools are. And they're both quality schools, especially for football. Um, and we already have the West Coast covered with both UCLA and USC that now we're going to cover more the the Northwestern part. Uh, so, you know, I, obviously it's West Coast. So is it geographic to Big Ten? Not necessarily, but, you know, since we're spreading our foot over to the West Coast, that, w- that would also help out with some matchups too. Where, you know, those West Coast teams, the way the schedule goes, wouldn't have to just, you know, fly cross-country, fly back, have a home game, and then fly cross-country again in two weeks. Like, you know, you could be a little more flexible with the scheduling. Plus, it would beef up the the competition uh, in there as well. But I think they're definitely going to do it, especially since I believe the Pac-12 is eventually going to dissipate. Um, USC and UCLA was a big loss. And Colorado is going back to the Big 12. So they're out. And they can't they can't afford to lose much anymore. And they're they're looking that they need to actually gain some teams, right? They are. So I feel like the Pac 12 is eventually going to dissipate or become a lower tier division or some or conference or something like that. But I really do believe that Washington and Oregon. I mean, do you remember seeing the Twitter post? with Brutus the Buckeye hugging the Oregon Duck, and he's yep. at the Oregon football field and said, big news coming. Yep. So um, I really believe that those two are going to happen. Here's why. Actually, I want to hear your opinion on those two teams before I, I explain what's going on, what I think with Florida State and Clemson.
0: I like it, but I'd like all four more. Um, dude, Florida State and Clemson, and it's, it's because of when we grew up in football. You know, when we grew up in football, you know, Florida State was good in the '90s. Um, and I just have a lot of that nostalgia, dude. I love, I kind of just like that. I, I think about it, you know, even though you can't do it today because it pisses everybody off. You know, you know, being a being a uh, Braves fan. Um, but you know, like the tomahawk chop stuff that they used to do, like in the stadium. And by they the way, still I, do it. I hate Clemson. I hate him. You know that, dude, for, for several reasons. But here, you'd especially. still like to play them. I would like to play them, and that's my point. I would like to embarrass Dabo Sweeney as many times as I can, as many times as I can. So to be honest, even though I, I do agree with you, I think the Washington and the Oregon thing has some validity. I also would – but I would prefer Florida State and Clemson. I would like them too, but here's why. First of all,
1: Florida State is not the AAU-accredited I know. You, you just got to have a pulse to
0: get into that school
1: yeah so that's already one problem the other problem is that they still have a grant of rights with their media deal that they're still locked into until like 2036 or something like that and there's a big hit that each school would have to take like 30 40 million dollar hit just to get out of that um and they complained semi-recently i mean there were seven acc schools you know during this off season that kind of stepped up and complained about all this and actually came back to the bargaining table and gave them more money. So I don't see them doing it one because Florida state actually academically wouldn't be a fit if big 10 would even allow for that to happen. And number two, I don't even think they can get out of their media deal. So I don't feel like the ACC is going anywhere anytime soon, unless something major were to happen, where all the schools rise up and try to find a way to get out of that media deal. So it can't just be two schools wanting to do that. I think a lot of that is just here saying clickbait stuff on those two teams.
0: Another thing is, though, why, if you're Clemson, why would you want to do that? Dude, as long as the ACC is still around, you got a cakewalk, bud. You've got a cakewalk. Why would you come to the Big Ten who just added USC, who's got Michigan, who's got Ohio State, who's got Penn State? It's a much more difficult conference. I just don't understand what the motivation would be. Clemson's had a, their own ticket writ, wrote for a long time. You know what I mean? Right now, uh, they got a clear way into the playoffs. And I, I don't know why they'd want to not cash that in as many times as they can. Well, it, it's
1: still money-based. If they were to join the Big Ten, there's going to be more money. They can get more money even than what, they, what they're getting with the ACC. So money-wise, it would be a smart decision. Um, I guarantee that... You know, you do look at one side, it's an easier path to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But with the playoff expansion, you really want to have better matchups. And those better matchups are only going to help your cause in a extended playoff because then you don't feel as pressured that you can't win the national title without winning your conference because if you play a bunch of these good teams and you have a pretty decent record against them, you're still going to go in within that large and you're going to be battle-tested for the year. And plus it's going to be a lot more interesting games. I mean, as much as I like to sit down and watch, you know, a 63 to seven outcome and watch a score fest. I also know that I'm not as hyped up sitting down, getting ready to watch the game. Like I still love to watch it and can't wait, but it's not like, you know, when I gear up for a Penn state matchup or for the, the game or for, you know, the Notre Dame game that we have this year, or even going at Wisconsin, like you can't, simulate good matchups and the excitement you get from them. So I welcome
0: all the competition we could get. And I guarantee the the other fan bases feel the same. And we may get into this a little bit uh, more in the the episode, but I feel like college football as we knew it is over. And I think there has to be a certain point where we embrace that. What I mean by that is uh, the changing and realigning of conferences and the expansion of the football playoffs, the transfer portal – All these things have caused college football as we know it to not exist. It's not like it was anymore. NIL. Yeah, NIL. um, All these things are just – they've all attributed to something that is not what we grew up with. Okay, we're leaning more towards an NFL model than we are a college football model at this point. And having said that, they're taking away some of the tradition in the rivalry games. Um, With the new scheduling that they have going on you and I have I have discussed that before Um, So at that point man when that stuff starts to go and the nostalgia is kind of wearing off a little bit Because we're being forced to adapt with the times when that happens. I start to look for ways um, To enjoy college football and for me the way to enjoy college football is to have better matchups every week Nothing against all these teams, but I hate playing Iowa. I hate playing indiana. I hate playing northwestern You know what I mean? To me, those are I'll, most of the time, those are bye weeks for us. Like it's, it's still, it's still football and I'll still watch it every week, but it's not the same as if we're saddling up against Oregon, Clemson. You know what I mean? It's just not the same. It'd be great to have better matchups week in and week out throughout the season, just as a college football fan. I agree, man. Well, dude, that's kind of a good segue into my next topic because I want to keep it in the Big Ten since we're talking about Big Ten. Dude, and talk about your favorite character, dude, your favorite guy. I think you and him probably hold hands and skip down the street together, and I know last year you were talking several times in the podcast about moving there. Um, I'm talking about Mr. Jimmy Hairball. I don't even know what to say to that. (laughs) Well, I think I threatened last year like several times for you to put on the Michigan jersey and just move to Ann Arbor, so I mean— that's where that came from, dude. It comes from a place of love and anger all at the same time. Hold on a sec. I just threw up my mouth.
1: <laughs>
0: dude, I'm leaving that in there. I'm leaving that in.
1: <laughs> no, I'm being serious. <laughs> me too. Why are you telling me that? I just threw up my mouth. <laughs>
0: I thought you were serious. No. Hold on. I just you threw up my mouth. <laughs> no. He's just yakking on a bone. <laughs> oh, he got oh, it up. He got it up. So, so what Jimmy about? Harbaugh, dude, let's talk about Jimmy. And uh, the possible four-game suspension they're looking at up there in uh, shit town, USA, I don't even know if it's possible. I think it, it's a pretty much a done deal, isn't it? Well, I think they're waiting on the— Dude, you and I both know that when they said it was a self-imposed four-game suspension, you know he's getting five. When is the NCAA ever just taking it at face value? No. They're going to tack on something. They're going to tack on. Dude. They always do. Now, it may not be another game. It may be some other caveat to it. But they're not going to just let it lie. They Probably never. a hit
1: on scholarships and stuff. Yeah, they like that.
0: never let it lie. You know that. And I heard that they're pissed off because, you know, really the level one violation was that that he lied to them. So, so that's no off. that
1: that's no different than what Jim Trestle got fired for. The only difference is that he lied by giving an improper benefit, and Jim
0: Trestle lied because he was just trying to protect the players. Well, let me tell you something. I'm going to do something that I've never done publicly on this podcast. Well, keep your pants on. Oh no, those are never on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to defend Jim Harbaugh. Um, now, I will say this: I get some of the. Uh, did you read through all the the violations, the level two violations? Uh, only one. The- only one I'm aware of is the hamburger. Okay. So he's hamburger. he's got some some level two stuff about you know meeting with recruits during COVID nineteen dead period, texting recruits outside of allowable times. Uh, he had uh, like analysts perform like uh, on the field coaching duties during practices, um, having coaches watch and players workouts on uh, Zoom calls, and and yeah, everybody knows the infamous cheeseburger thing. I'm gonna say something right now, dude. Some of this stuff I get it. He could, probably should have just admitted to it, but I, I really want to hone in on the on the cheeseburger thing. Okay. I get it, man. You can't take any benefits from people. You can't buy a recruit anything. You can't buy a water. I was I was talking to a guy at work that said that uh, he actually wrote a letter to someone on the Ohio State staff um, to shadow them when he was in high school, and they they approved the letter and they asked him to come down to the Woody, and he was allowed to you know come in there and shadow coaches for the day. He said it was an awesome experience, but he said the second he walked in there and he met Jim Trestle, Jim Trestle told him hey, I can't give you anything. I can't give you a bottle of water. I can't give you anything. There is a fountain over there. You know, I have rules out to divide by. You know what I mean? And, and I can't give you anything. Let me just say this, too. I think that's horseshit. The whole th- – dude, he took a couple of recruits out and bought him a freaking hamburger, man. Jesus. Give bro. me a break. Yeah, a cheeseburger. Hamburger cheeseburger relish. Nah, That's a dollar up
1: charge, dude.
0: <laughs> it's a dollar up charge, right? I'm here. just saying, dude, he didn't take these kids to get filet mignon. He wasn't taking them out to a five star restaurant. He bought a college kid that doesn't have two diamonds brought together, a freaking cheeseburger. Give me a break. Come
1: on, man. Well, well then my argument is this Ohio State players traded things that they got for tattoos. And all and Jim Tristle only just tried to cover
0: for him to to help him out.
1: And, and Jim Trissel
0: got fired for it. And I agree. But Jesus Christ, dude, can we draw? You know, they're talking about all this stuff. Oh, we got to have the NIL deals, right? We got to pay the players. They don't have, they can't, they can't survive in college on that. They, we need to give them millions of dollars on NIL. We need to do all this stuff for them. But I swear to God, if you feed them while they're there for recruiting day, I swear to God, dude, we will suspend your ass for four games. Give me a break, dude. I, I just, I'm sorry, dude. I can't get behind that. So I don't so de- much stuff yeah. going on in college I don't, football. I don't defend
1: Jim Harbaugh, but I defend the asinine rules that they have to abide by.
0: Draw a line somewhere, dude. I get it. You, t- you can't take a kid out and wine and dine him, dude. I understand that. Buying an 18-year-old kid a cheeseburger? Give me a fucking break. Well, the big issue is that he lied about it. If he would have just come out and told the
1: truth from, right from the get-go and admitted it, it would have been a lot less harsh. It's the fact that he lied. That's where this the majority of this penalty is coming from, is that he Well, lied. he had
0: to. Well, he, he, had sh- to. he should have either told the truth from the beginning or just not ta- not said a word. But you know when it happened, the timing of it. You know, mm. when he was getting asked about this thing, they're in playoff contention. You know what I mean? When, he re- when They're saying that when he initially got asked about this thing, it was during when they were, you know, teetering on being in the college football playoffs.
1: Well, who answered the phone? Because whoever answered the phone and gave the phone to Jim Harbaugh, I would have fired him. I'd have been like, listen, ask who it is. If it's the NCAA, tell them I'm not here. Tell them I'll call them back. Avoid <laughs> them. You can't lie if you don't say anything. I could hear him now like, Mr. Harbaugh, we've been trying to reach you for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Regarding your car's aftermarket warranty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. Um, either way. I think, yes, I, th-
1: I I think the suspension is bullcrap for the violation. However, because it's Michigan and Jim Harbaugh, because he lied, that dirty bastard deserves every game he's
0: losing. I think he's going to get five games. I don't think it's going to be four. That's my, that's my humble opinion. You know why, dude? Because look at this. NCAA is not going to stand for this. You're talking about ECU, UNLV, Bowling Green, and Rutgers. You don't yeah. even need a coach for those games. And now what's game five? That's what I want to know. Have it's gotta be another big game since they're hitting Rutgers. They're hitting well, Rutgers, so they gotta be into uh, the Big Ten schedule at that point.
1: Finish your thought and I'll go ahead and tell you because I feel like their game five is actually a big game. I want to say it's like Wisconsin or something. Then
0: I would I think they're gonna hit him for it. Do you know that NCAA is they want to make it so you feel a little bit of pain. They're either gonna hit him with a recruiting thing or they are going to hit him with one more game or maybe they hit him with four games but it's like you don't you know you can coach the first game but you're from UNLV on you know we're picking the four or something you so, know what i
1: mean game 5 Michigan goes to Nebraska
0: oh yeah see that that's got to be in there
1: and that you got Matt Rule at Nebraska who's doing big things and he's a very highly touted coach and they got a uh, a, a big quarterback in there that they have high expectations for. I mean, Nebraska, I mean, if you think about it last year, even though they were like, what, four and eight or something like that, all eight losses came with less than, you know, there were less than double-digit losses. So well, Nebraska's knocking on the door. I feel, like do if, I feel like if you go to Nebraska
0: without Jim Harbaugh, that's a trap game. But what do you think NCAA is going to do? That's my point. Do you think that they stick with the four? Do you think they take the self imposed? Right I don't. Th- I, well, I don't
1: think it's fair. And I'm not, you know, trying to speak for the betterment of Michigan, but I don't think it's fair to set a precedent to look at a schedule and biasly say how many games you're going to have to sit out because of who you're playing. It should be something that is set. Like, okay, this type of violation regards you should lose 25% of your season or 30%, whatever it is. It shouldn't be, let me see your schedule. Oh, you're playing four cupcakes? Well, I'm going to give you an extra game penalty. You don't need to be setting that precedent. See, I think it should because it doesn't hurt. It it doesn't hurt you to miss It just happens. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's unfortunate. But then again, that's the way Michigan schedules are out of conference is they schedule nobody. That's the way the way they're able to skate by. I mean, Michigan hasn't scheduled a legitimate out-of-conference schedule in years. But, I mean, yeah. it, regardless, you can't set a precedent where you are biasly looking at a schedule and then making it based upon who they're playing. It no, has I can't to just watch be, me. I'm just saying you can't <laughs> set that. You, you can't Where's set it that. At? Because once you do that, then you're going to have to set that precedent for other suspensions moving forward. But like, oh, you got three games. Oh, you're playing nobody. Let's add an extra game just so that way it ties into when you're playing a bigger opponent on the road or something like that. You can't do that.
0: See, I disagree. Because schedules
1: aren't always going to align to where you can actually fully penalize. Now, I understand because
0: so they're so playing no one, so what's it's not going to affect Michigan? them that much. Yeah, so what's to keep Michigan though? That since they schedule it that way anyways, how are they going to learn their lesson? They could just do the same thing again since they're going to get a four-game suspension and not play anybody. Who gives a crap?
1: And they are going to do it again. The only lesson
0: they're going to learn is not lie. Just don't and talk it, to the NCAA.
1: Do it again and don't talk to the NCAA or tell the kids shut up. Don't eat cheeseburgers. Yeah. I mean, dude, this crap's going on everywhere. They're, they He just got caught with his hand
0: in the cookie jar and he lied about it. It happens just, everywhere. First of all, dude, with all the stuff going on, and you and I know there's there's very much, uh, there's state legislation going on all over the place, um, you know, and about this, you know, NIL deals and, and all the things, trying to find some way to govern this or to put some kind of stipulations on it, or at least make it transparent to everybody out there. Um, With all that stuff going on, dude, we're worried about freaking cheeseburgers and text messages during COVID. I mean, I just, dude, the the NCAA is so irrelevant, dude. They're so out of touch with the sport. It's unreal. Like, I, I just feel that way, dude. I feel like they're a waste of space. They don't need, we don't need the NCAA anymore. I think maybe at some point they served a purpose, but I just don't, they're just not there anymore. I feel like the NCAA will always be around. However, I do feel like,
1: and we first talked about this during COVID, when we weren't sure if Ohio State was going to get their season. Um, in the fact that I don't even remember what why we were discussing this, but somehow it came out where you know I fully believe that college football will eventually get their own commissioner and kind of detach from NCAA, to where they're not held under the same regulations with NCAA. Well, bring it on, um, dude, because they're annoying. It it can Jesus. it can and probably would be a better thing uh, to police it because then they can actually set more regulations and even some salary cap kind of issues when you're talking NIL. So that way someone can't just get some massive donor and try to buy an entire class of players. I mean, try to level the playing field out a little bit. Um, but I do believe I that dude, down I, the road that's going to happen. Yeah, I, th- I, think I feel like that's going to gonna happen. I mean... Once you start getting some more of this conference realignment stuff and it really starts to settle in, I mean, we are looking at probably, I don't think it's ever going to be just a big two, but I think you're going to get a big three, maybe four out of it. And I think big 12, because of the additions that they've made, have the ability now to even add a few more and solidify the third. And I think the ACC, if they stay intact, they can still bring in a few more. And then we have four and the Pac-12 dissolves. And then when you have four... And you have, you know, 16 teams, 20 teams in each one, then you can have four separate divisions in each conference. And essentially, you know, the winner of each conference goes to a top four, which is, you know, your one against four, two against three matchup and have an overall conference winner while division titles are or division winners are guaranteed spots. I mean, there's all kinds of ways you can go about doing this with all this expansion and everything. So, well,
0: I'm just talking about if they don't govern it. I just, I, I know I've said this to you before, but there's things that stay in the back of my mind when this happens, and that, and one of those things is like a team with an endless uh, flow of money, like Oregon, okay, that has ties to probably more money than any university directly. Yes. So, Indirectly,
1: no. I mean, Ohio State has one of the biggest alumni. Uh, you know, they don't have money,
0: dude. I don't care how. Many but no, that's
1: what I'm saying. But that's a lot more directly related to the university.
0: It is, but it isn't. And here's why I'm telling you that. All you have to say is, hey, guess what? All uh, X amount of starters on uh, Oregon football team. You guys now work for Nike and we're going to pay each of you one point five million dollars a year. So all Oregon has to do is decide this year. We feel like winning the national title. We're going to bring in the best people and give them one point five million dollars a piece to play. Kids are going to hit the transfer portal so fast it'll make their helmet spin off, dude. That's what I'm saying. Like, And it hasn't got to that point, but that's why I feel like this governing is so important. It needs to get there because we need to protect that from being able to happen. You know, And I'm not saying that Ohio State couldn't tap into that kind of money, but we're just not that way. I don't see Ohio State alumni coming out and saying, God, we got to find a way to get $50 million to field a football team this year. Like, you I bring up a good point. You, you bring up a good point that
1: I think – the majority of the way people feel about NIL today is that they just want some sort of equal regulation because i feel like people get really upset me included sometimes when i feel like we lose out on a recruit or someone transfers because they can get offered more money somewhere else yeah. and if you can find a way to regulate that to where we can offer the the same benefits however you are now going to not only our brand of university, but one that predominantly is really good at putting kids in the NFL, then I feel like we can keep more recruits. And, you know, some of these kids that are going to these other places, I'm sure they'll probably still make it to the dance. And, you know, because of how highly they're rated and everything, but, you know, the entire course has changed just because this kid wants to make maybe an extra million dollars before he goes to the league. When realistically, if he gets developed at Ohio State with the success he has, then he could probably make a lot more than that in the long run just by getting drafted higher and being a higher prospect out of college. But, you know, that's being biased as an Ohio State fan. You know, sometimes watching these bigger recruits go somewhere else, especially to schools where you're like, listen,
0: that's not even a contender. I mean, to me, it's not biased, though, because you know what? Ohio State was the first school, correct me if I'm wrong, to get screwed over by this situation. Had a certain quarterback come here. And we all know why. And then he left here and went back to a different school. Had no intentions of ever being here. We got got on the NIL when it first happened. Yeah. And I think now everybody's thinking that. You know what I mean? Well, God, what's going to, you know, where's it end then? You know what I well, mean? Well,
1: there's there's no, and that's the other problem too. I mean, the transfer portal too is, is throwing a wrench in this entire thing. Because just because you recruit a kid and you keep them on, now you feel like, As a freshman, you got to keep. If he's a really high recruit, you got to find a way to keep this kid happy. Yeah. If that's offering him playing time sooner than he needs to be having playing time, or whatever it may be, and you feel like it's important to keep him on the roster, you really got to babysit this kid and cater to his needs, or uh, he can just up and leave and go play somewhere else for free without having to sit out anywhere he wants.
0: And that's got to be hard as a as a head coach, dude. Because absolutely, you want to have some kind of uh, you know structure and you know, you still want to have a competition, but some kind of structure in your your quarterback room or whatever position group it is. But how, how are you going to say, you know, say we're in a situation like now. Say you got Kyle McCord coming in, um, you know, you got Aaron Nolan sitting there, you know, you got, you got Devin Brown sitting there. Say a guy comes in that you feel is like a Chase Young type, you know, generational talent. That's what I'm saying. Like he's the next Justin Fields and you know it. Okay. But you know, at that point, if you don't do something, he's not going to wait because he can start anywhere in the country. What do you do? Do you jeopardize your room to keep that guy?
1: It just depends on who you got in your room and how good you feel about your room. But I mean, I understand where you're coming from. I mean, that, that forces coaches to make a, a, a much more difficult stance on what's more important. Is it, the guy that has been in the system for a little while, that's put in the work, that may not be as good, have his highest ceiling, but you know that he knows the offense and he's a quality player who still has NFL potential or
0: I'm a no or drama queen. You have the quarterback room that Ryan Day has today, okay? Say you get a kid that wants to come to your school right now. Say he's coming from another school. He's a sophomore. So he's been at least in a college football system for a year, and he's wanting to come to Ohio State. And 100, you could guarantee that he is the next Justin Fields. He will meet or exceed Justin Fields. What do you do? I mean,
1: first of all, as a fan, I say absolutely. Um, as a coach, I don't see how you pass that up either. I mean, it's hard, isn't it? Listen, it, college football. There's so much more pressure, especially at these big time college, uh, big time colleges, the big brands that are expected to be national title contenders every single year. I mean, even in the NFL, they do not expect a team to be a Super Bowl contending team every single year. But there's a reason because of salary caps and because of everything else that regulates the game. Yep. College football doesn't have that. And college football has to go through all the recruiting bull crap. And so, I mean, so much more outside of just coaching football is the role of a college coach. And it's going to be harder to keep college coaches good quality coaches in college with all this extra bull crap that they have to put up with. So you could see a lot of these good coaches going to the NFL just you because could, it's you know, it's actually easier to probably coach in the NFL than it is in college.
0: It is. And I, I would say you get less blame. There's definitely more pressure in college because you are the proponent of everything. You are choosing your players. You're recruiting your players. You're bringing them in. You're deciding how you want to use them, and you're using them. In the NFL, a GM, most likely, is drafting your team, and they're giving you players, and you have to decide how to use them. Could be, That can be
1: good and bad, but yes, I understand where you're coming from. There's less responsibility outside of coaching a football team in the NFL than there is in college. You have so many more things that you're responsible for. Yeah, the only difference is you may not get who you really want. True. Yeah, and there's a lot of GMs that do not take what – I mean, look at what Matt Rule had to deal with when he was in Carolina. And the, you had a chance to take Justin Fields of Carolina, and they take someone else, and then they bring in uh, Sam Darnold, you know, from free agency, or gets traded. to I mean, the, you know, it's it can be a difficult situation in the NFL because you do not have as much control over it. But you know, and obviously in college, you're more the CEO. You know, which would you, you? Which would you pick? And just for the pageantry, I know it would be a, a lot more difficult and a lot more time on the road, but I would I'd rather be a college coach. But that's just me because of the love of the game. Ooh, I
0: got you one right here, dude. Let's let's answer this one here before we can wrap this one up. If you could not coach Ohio State, you cannot, okay? Pick another school. Where do you go? Where's your number one coaching job outside of Ohio State? Are we talking
1: fandom or realistic? No, no, we're talking now that I, you now that like a coach. Now that I'm an adult with kids and a wife and I'm thinking family too, I mean, are we talking fandom? Are we
0: talking what I think realistically would be
1: best for me?
0: You know what? You have to go through that process in your head. I'm just telling you, you can't coach at Ohio State. You have an open pick of any of your coaching jobs in the country. Where are you going? It could be a geographical problem or, you know, it could be a recruiting base that you're thinking. It could be longevity. Like maybe you think you don't have to be quite as successful at this school to keep your job. It could be any of that. I'll be
1: honest that that's the first thing that popped in my head. I'm not even, you know, sitting here thinking it out. The first thing that popped into my head, a lower tier school where there's not as, as much pressure to have to win, but something geographic. Because I mean, think even these lower tier programs, these coaches are making millions. And oh, yeah. and that without the pressure of having to bring in four or five stars, I mean, you bring in at best three stars, maybe a four star, or transfers, or JUCO kids, but mm-hmm. you're a group of five coach that as long as you can realistically have a chance to just win the Sun Belt, the Mountain West, you know, something like that, I mean, I feel like that would be so much easier of a job but still have the fun college pageantry of it so i'm gonna say cincinnati just because it stays in ohio and now uh, of course i say that now cincinnati is in the big 12 so i don't know realistically if that probably would be it uh let's say kent state give me kent state or bowling
0: green so you're going with a max school. You're going with something that's easier to keep your give, job give me a
1: max school that, but it's still I can still have my my Ohio State fandom roots in the state. But give me a max school. I feel like it would be still fun, still easy gig. Now, if I was thinking geographic for fun, I mean, just give me something probably, probably in Florida. Give me I wouldn't say UCF because now they're into Big Twelve too. Mm-hmm. I feel like everyone's in the Big Twelve now.
0: Yep. Yep. Pretty much. That's where it's we're like headed. We're not the Big Ten either. We got 16 teams. So, But, yeah. See, I was thinking um, – so, hear me out. I was thinking kind of the same realm as you did. I had two, right, in my head. On the smaller scale, I thought about Eastern Carolina because yeah. I went there. Uh, I loved the school. I loved the campus. Like, is, um, that like said, is that Myrtle Beach? Is that close to Myrtle Beach? ECU? Uh, you know, I don't know. I can't remember I'm pretty, exactly where it was. I'm pretty
1: sure ECU is um, – there's another one that is, like, right in Myrtle Beach. My buddy Clayton uh, took
0: me there when I was in uh station in North Carolina. Coast, oh, coastal Carolina. That's that's North coastal. Car- yeah. Coastal Carolina. Yeah. ECU um, might not be, I'm not sure. I would take ECU, um, as my, probably my number one. But then if I was decided I wanted to go big stage, um, it would be hard for me. And you probably already know what I'm getting ready to say. I'd probably take Texas based on the recruiting, um, based on the weather, uh, based on the fact that it's not in the, you know, it's not. I would say it, you're expected to do well, but it has not returned to dominance yet. So I don't think that you get fired for going eight and four. You know, well, get that I score don't know. right off the
1: rip. I don't know. Steve Sarkeesian better win the Big 12 this year, or else he might be in trouble before on the SEC, to be honest with you. But actually, if you had to force my hand for a big time school, um, I would pick between LSU and Florida State because I think those are both teams that. Have some success. They do expect high, but you don't have to win it every single year to keep your job.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's definitely an interesting and then, and and those really are both
1: like... south enough. And I think in you know Florida State's in a good area. LSU, oh Baton Rouge down there, and LSU. I mean, those would be great places,
0: dude. I like. My wife
1: about. would love it as long as there's a pool. My wife would love it, dude. LSU. And, and think and think of the not coaching night games. That's at just, LSU. that's what I was
0: going to say. LSU at night, Death Valley, and the oh swamp. my gosh, Florida and at night. I to me, Florida at night in the swamp is one of the games. I of mean, though,
1: and it's funny because you know I've never actually sat down and thought, you know, okay, why do people coach at different places and everything? I mean, just thinking about that is exciting. Oh yeah, You know? yeah. And there's pressure to win at a big time school there, but realistically you know, more so with Florida State, you haven't been nationally relevant for almost a decade. I mean, the last time they won the national title was 2013. Of course, they got in the first ever playoff and got boat race, but since then they've not really been nationally relevant. So just the fact that a lot of people are high on Florida State this year, you know, it's one of the first times in 10 years. Yeah. And LSU, even though, I mean, LSU is a weird one. They can come up out of nowhere, win a national title, go away for four or five years, not be heard of. Come back up, gotta, win a gotta national gotta title. Down here in the Baton Rouge, and, uh. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. he—he's like he's like the guy from Waterboy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the coach that never wears a shirt. He's like, hey,
0: remember that time we got up here, getting one of You <laughs> Oh man, well, hey man, I had a lot of fun tonight. Um, I think it's time we wrap this one up. But this is this is more of the kind of content that we want to have. Obviously, we're going to continue on our polls. Um, we're going to bring those back, um, a little bit out of time here, not doing probably every week, but you know, we want to do some current event stuff too. And then like I said, as we get into the season, we're getting ready to kick into high gear. So you guys can expect, you know, pregame postgame stuff. Uh, we're pretty excited about getting that, uh, getting that squared away. But, um, yeah, man, I'm just excited, dude. I'm ready, ready to get the, the wheels rolling, man.
1: Yeah. So I'd say probably the majority of our episodes
0: moving forward now.
1: I mean, we're pretty much almost in fall camp um so we're going to be talking about i mean i'm sure there's going to be plenty of news i mean at some point i would assume ron is going to select a starter um and that's going to be uh, an important thing that we discuss i mean it's going to be kind of preparations we're going to have our predictions for the season uh some big matchup previews looking forward so I'd say our episodes that you can expect moving forward for the rest of this month are going to be a lot more in preparation for what this season is going to be. And then like Chad mentioned, you know, we will do a pregame for every matchup and then we will have a separate episode for a post game. And then any relevant information that we feel like we need to include in that we will, but uh, we will be continuing. I know we haven't discussed it, Chad, and maybe I'm taking a roll early, but we will be continuing our famous prop bets this year. Uh, Chad, yeah. has yet, Chad has yet to pay up on his prop bet, but that's because we haven't really been in the same area yet. He still owes me dinner at roosters. Um, but well, actually, you know, you did pay up on the prop bet. That's for the bowl, the bowl pickums
0: that I was you lost. Say, I pay, I paid up. Yeah, you did because you had, get on the you, had, yeah,
1: you had to get out on the street corner <laughs> for those who haven't seen it. It is on our Facebook page, Chad, the, uh, just go watch the video. If you haven't seen it, go watch the video on our Facebook page. Chad paid mm-hmm. up his bet. But you you still owe me dinner at Roosters, so yeah. I'll be hitting that up. But we will be continuing our prop bets. So if that's something that you guys look forward to, if you're the betting type, um, don't get advice from Chad. However, um, we're just really excited, man. I mean, it's basically football season. It's that time of year that we all come together and cheer on and root for our favorite team and all say, "fuck Michigan at the same time. I love it. So until next time, guys, as always, you can listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Check out our Facebook page, our Twitter page. We post all kinds of stuff on there as well. And we will see you next time. Go Bucks! O-H.